The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to all of you who have joined me again today. I want you to know that I appreciate you. Today we're going to be talking about something that is vastly important for every human being. It's perhaps the most important quest we can ever embark upon. But before we get into that, let me just remind you that all the things that I talk about, uh, you can find much more information about those on my website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com. Also on Facebook, The Divine Is Within Us. Email will be given to you several times throughout the show, so let's get started. Defining your true self. Wow, what a quest that is. Perhaps the most important responsibility that we have to ourselves and to everyone else around us is to know who we are. How do we determine that? Who has helped us determine that? Or who has caused us problems in determining that? There's an old song that used to play called Who Are You? Who Who? In fact, I think maybe the group's name was The Who. I'm not sure. Some of you will know that. But you might remember being asked that question or thinking that thought. My friends, it is one of the most important issues in all of our lives. To know who we are. To live that. To be that. To be the unique contribution to the world that only you can be. No one else can do what you have come here to do. So my question is, where did you come from? The ancient sages of old have been telling us for forever that earth is not the place of our beginnings. Where did you come from? That is a vast and important question. Some of us have begun to find out, but you can too. If you've never thought about it, it is possible to know more about who you are and that you are not just an earthling. That is the number of years that you are now old. Happy birthday? No. How many birthdays, how many lifetimes have you had? Why are you here? Are you aware of choosing to come to this planet at this time? And are you stepping into the beauty of your purpose for being here? And where are you going? Where are we going? Gee, how do we know? This perhaps is the hardest one to answer, but we cannot answer it until we first know more and more about who we truly are. Why did we choose to come here? 
Why did we choose all of this? The parents that we were born to, the family we were born into, the life setting in, into which we've come, the race, the country, all of these things. But discovering your purpose for being here is the key to knowing all of that. <clears throat> but before we go further, with those uh, questions, let's check something else that's very important to understand how we got to the place where we are today. For who we think we are has been strongly influenced by other people. Who we are today has been strongly influenced by the mistakes that we have made, by our circumstances throughout the years that we've already lived. Who we are has been affected by religion. Who we are has been affected by government, by society, and so much more. The voices we need to look at and understand their influences upon us are many. Let's start with parents, for example. Have you ever thought about how your parents have contributed to shaping who you are today? Was that something you chose? Or did they affect you in a negative way or a positive way? That you, as you think back, remember that it happened. That for all the positive things, I say yes, that's wonderful. But so many of us have had negative impact come upon us because of our parents. The famous psychologist Carl Jung talked about the most important issue that affects kids in every situation that affects you and your lifetime. The most important issue that has contributed to who we are or who we are not has been the unlived life of our parents. Did their smallness keep you small? Did your parents live to the fullest and encourage you to do the same? Or did your parents fear to become their highest self and how has that affected you? Of course, most parents do. Most of us have been taught to fear becoming our highest and most beautiful self. But we do not have to listen to those voices. And whatever the contribution was from our parents, if they were very successful, wonderful. How did that impact you or who you are today, negatively or positively? It's important for all of us to sit down and maybe make a list of that and to see how my parents' attitudes affected me, how they encouraged me or how they kept me too small. It's a quest that usually begins with our parents and who they were and how we responded to their parenting. How about our siblings? Have your brothers or sisters, if you have any, uh, how have they affected who you are today? Have they contributed something positive or negative? Have they perhaps learned something from your parents that they've passed on to you too? So many times the oldest sibling in, a, in the, the a family is the one that's responsible for passing on other things to the younger uh, brothers and sisters. But to ask that question, how have my siblings created and helped me create who I am today? How about your ego? We all have an ego. Have we learned to deal with it? And if you've been following me on the shows in the past and you've heard the shows about the shadow and the darker side of humanity, which 
As I've said to you, the shadow is a, a beautiful gift for exploring that, as we did in shows earlier, finding the gift in the dark places and calling forth light out of our shadow. All of those things are very, very positive. But until we look at the anger or the shame or the competition or getting even or blaming others for our failures or what we project onto other people instead of owning what we are, whatever our personal history has taught us, we have to ask the question, what did it teach us? What have we learned? What are we learning from all of our personal history? What about those mistakes that we've made? And I did a show on celebrating our mistakes. You might want to go back and take a look at that. And then there's your highest self. Your best choices. What have they taught you about who you are? The love that you've given to others. The healing energies that you've shared with others. The nurturing and caring and compassionate energies that are part of you. What does that say? What do all of those say about who you are? How about inclusion? No one can truly define their own self if they live in isolation from others. I want you to really get that. For in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a show more focused on the, how we can best find our me when we find it in a celebration of we. So look for that in two weeks. And then two weeks after that, I'll be doing another show related to all of this. At least that's what the plans are right now. There's so much to learn, and it's beautiful. It's powerful. We do not need to be condemned one second for anything that we think we lack. Not one minute do we live in shame or guilt or smallness, but rather we stand up and we say, I will be my best self. I will become my most beautiful self. I will, and I am, and I'm learning. We can celebrate that together, and we need each other to become our most beautiful self. But then there's the negative influences of religion, and you certainly heard me talk a lot about that, and I will always do that, because no one force has lied to us more than has the men of religion. How has shame made you smaller than you truly are? Has guilt ever made you feel like a doormat upon which religious men wipe their theological feet? You can overcome that. We are overcoming that. But religion is designed to make you live under the control of weak, fear-filled men. How about government? Do you enjoy paying taxes? (laughs) None of us do. How about the military-industrial complex that we are slaves to? And we truly are slaves to that today more than ever as the wishes and and the greed of corporations dominate the scene everywhere we look. We are more controlled by them than we would like to think. But we are overcoming that. There's hope. There's light shining. I see it today. And though it frustrates me to no end sometimes to feel the energies of the greedy men of this world, We are overcoming. The light is shining more and more. And the truth is, my friends, the light of the divine is within you. And as we let that light shine more and more, you can change the world. But first, we must change our own world, the world inside of ourselves. And we can do that. This is what this show and others coming are all about. What about society? What has society taught you? 
Have you surrendered to thinking like a group? Groupthink is one of the biggest traps that we can ever find ourselves in, and sometimes one of the most difficult to get out of. But have you clearly defined your values apart from what society around you thinks? How about capitalism and competition? Have you defined yourself above and beyond the silliness of competing and struggling just for money, money, money? How about the way society sometimes looks at us as disposable people? The ultra-rich look at us that way in far more ways than we know. Everybody is disposable except them. No, I am not disposable. I am not one that you can push aside and ignore. Neither are you. And today and tomorrow and the days to come, we can stand in that energy, letting our light shine, being who we are, instead of letting others define us. You can do it. I support you in that. We will do it together. We're coming up right now on time for our first break, so I will be back with you in just two or three minutes. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So we're talking about defining ourselves, choosing who we truly are and or who we truly want to be, choosing who we will be as each day unfolds. Have you ever made a list of those issues? I would encourage you to do so. Find a quiet time and space to sit down with a pencil, paper, and make a list of all the ways that you feel other people, other issues, or in things in society have defined you. And then make another list 
of all that you know you want to become, all that you are becoming. Make those lists. And then we tear up the one list and say, no more, I'm choosing to live beyond all that. And we hold the other list as a sacred list, I would say, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is the me that's developing. Can you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be? Let me ask you that again. Can you remember, do you remember, who you were before the world told you who you should be? Why not your dreams? Why, do, why not let them define you? Your talents, your abilities, and your passions. You are a beautiful human being. You deserve to, be, to shine. You deserve to be seen as one who contributes light to the world. You are. You, my friend, sitting there, standing there, driving, wherever you're doing right now, you deserve to be known as a light shining in the world. I have a little poem that uh, someone named Mary Oliver wrote. I have no idea who she is, but I found it, and I just wanted to share it with you right now. Talk about, it's called The Journey. And she writes, One day you finally knew what you had to do, and you began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, <laughs> and though the whole house began to tremble, and you felt the old tug of, of shame at your ankles, the words came to you, mend my life, as each voice cried out. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations of who you are, Though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough, and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own. That new voice that kept you company as you walked deeper and deeper into the world determined to do the only thing that you could really do, determined to save the only life that you could save yourself. I love that. So what are we going to do about it? What dreams will come true for you tomorrow? Ah, I love that. What dreams will come true for you next week, next month, next year? Yes, it is an adventure. And looking further at all of this, we need to look deeper at what Yeshua taught and in his language, the Aramaic language. It is so deep and so beautiful. I'm going to be sharing several things about that with you today, and we'll continue that in, in two weeks. But in the Aramaic language, we find some very, some vastly important issues, I would say. Issues that will take us to the depth of discovery and adventure. Because deep in the Aramaic, we find far more than any other language on the planet can reveal. Yeshua, Jesus, did not come to the earth to die for anyone. He did not. He never said that. No one needs that. You are not bad enough that you need somebody to die for you. That is silly. And he said, I have come to be a witness to the truth. That's his words. So... Why did you come to the planet? 
Are you here too to be a living example of the truth? I say yes, you are. And a very, very important part of the truth that both Yeshua lived and you and I can live is to declare that we are part of the divine itself. The divine is within you. Yes, you are, we are, shining, and the light within us is the light of the divine. But there are many religions who have done all they can to diminish this truth and put out our lights and replace it with the, you know, the dogma of condemnation and smallness. All of these things are lies, all lies. Men who didn't really know who they were could only pass on their shame and smallness to the rest of the world. How incredibly sad. But here we are, trying to figure out just who we are and why we are here. We're doing that in this very moment, my friends, right now, where you are and where I am. We are doing this together. And I encourage you to stand up and declare to the world that you are in the process of knowing and finding who you really are. And you're going to live that. You're going to be that. So looking at the Aramaic, <clears throat> we find a vast treasure trove of truth that we can <clears throat> apply to our own self and step out of the past into a knowing deep inside that the truth is found in our connection with the divine itself. How do we know that? I've written a great deal about this, and you'll find a lot of information on the very first page of my website about every topic that I, that I talk about on the show. The Aramaic is so beautiful. It is unique. It is the world's oldest language. It is the language of Yeshua or Jesus. It is the language he learned and spoke and taught in. In the West, here in the Western world, the various languages that are connected to the to psychology that runs through the Latin and the Greek language family. This is vastly important. The psychology of a language is truly something we need to look at and understand. For, well, you can say for sure uh, that Latin and the psychology that lies behind it is masculine. It's related to the brain and to thinking and to the pragmatic part of life, to the scientific, and usually comes up as being very exclusive, separationist, dividing, a psychology and a language that distinguishes itself by being precise and being able to compartmentalize things. If you ever walk into a post office and you see all the boxes, that's a good metaphor for what the English language and other Western languages are like. Everything has to be cut up, divided up, take, put into pieces, and put in little pigeonholes, thinking that when that is done, we understand it. But I would say to you, have you ever put together a cross, or not a crossword, a, a picture puzzle, a, a uh, puzzle where you lay out on the table and you put all the pieces together? You can have all the pieces of a puzzle in the box, all of them separated, and you can look at a thousand pieces on the table. Does that help you understand what that puzzle's all about? No. But when you put it together and you see the whole, then you see the purpose of the puzzle. And that's exactly what language is about. The English, the Latin, the Greek are all the masculine languages of compartmentalizing and taking everything apart 
and the false notion that once you do that, you understand it. It's not true. The Aramaic is the language of putting that puzzle together, interlocking all those pieces and watching the beauty of that image unfold right before you. There's a different psychology in the Aramaic language. It's a psychology that is unfamiliar to most minds in the Western world, but it is a forever fresh and holistic approach to life. The Aramaic holds the key. And this language has a cosmology built into it that embraces all of us rather than divides. It brings us together rather than separates. It welcomes interpretation and what tradition would call prophecy, I would say. And therefore, it's completely incomprehensible to the majority of people in the Western world. The Aramaic always talks about the whole person, the whole, not the pieces, not the parts. And the whole picture includes more than just me. It includes everyone else too. So as we look at the Aramaic more and more, and I've written a great deal about this, but according to the ancient ones that knew that the divine is pure creative energy and unconditional love. The Aramaic is the language of universal love. The Aramaic is the language of angels and prophecy, some have said. The language of humans is a language of signs and symbols. But yet we can have more. Our language is what teaches us in far more ways than what we realize. But our understanding is dependent on mankind's ability to raise its consciousness into the energies of love and empathy. Love and empathy and inclusion and compassion. When all of these happen, for one reason or another, it's avoided in the Western languages. But when it happens, ripeness begins to happen. The difference between a hard piece of fruit on the tree, unripe and not ready to eat, or ripeness when the fruit is ready to be plucked from the tree, ready to be enjoyed, that is the difference between Western languages and Eastern language. The language of Aramaic is the language of ripeness and readiness. The Aramaic language is a feminine language. It's intuitive. It's visionary, some would say. It's empathetic. It's based in spirituality, and it's always inclusive. One rule in the Aramaic is always true, that everything that you might read or hear in the Aramaic has many layers of meaning. Contrary to religion, it says, oh, there's only one way to understand this, and you better understand it because our way is the only way. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Not true. The Aramaic, as Yeshua taught, everything he said could have three, four, six, eight, or ten meanings. And each person that heard him could hear something different than the person next to them, and they would take it in personally and hear it and apply it to their lives in different ways. That's the beauty of a language that doesn't separate and condemn and cause us to feel like we are alone. The curse of independence, I call it. Language is so vastly important, and that's why I emphasize the Aramaic so much. I've been studying it now for 15 years, not to read it and write it and speak it, 
but to understand its meanings. And the truth about the Aramaic is one thing and one thing very, very clear is that we must apply it to our lives and live it if we are going to understand it. And I like that. How do I know something unless I walk my talk? How do I know something unless I practice what I preach? I choose to do that all the time. And I have a lot to learn. I don't always do it as well as I should or could, but I'm working on it. Let's do it together. The Aramaic is the key to knowing who you are and where we are going. Right now, time for another break. I'll see you on the other side of two minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So we're talking about language, how vastly important language is. How many languages do you know? Wow. Most of us don't know very much more than English. And I would encourage all of us to study more, learn more. Back in high school, I took a couple of years of Spanish. I still remember four or five phrases, but that's about it. I have to tell all my uh, Latino friends, uh, mi espanol es muy poquito. (laughs) My Spanish is very, very small. But in our world, we get to choose. And in the languages of the Western world, sometimes a word can have, you know, one or two meanings, maybe three, but usually not, usually only one. And that is the problem. Because this is not the case in the Aramaic language. In the Aramaic, all meanings, all interpretations are valid at the same time. It is not to divide up and compartmentalize, but to see the whole. And that means that it's up to the individual to interpret and to draw out the deeper meanings in any statement, to see the root word, to see the root uh, energies in every word. And that's why Yeshua, when he said, 
The one that has ears to hear, let him hear. The one that has eyes to see, let them see. That's what he meant. Whatever your ears are hearing, apply it. Take it in, deep inside, and live it. Whatever your, your eyes are seeing, look at that. Take it in and apply that to your life. And three people can apply three different things to their lives in the very same moment. And then, see, we, we need to know what other people are seeing and hearing and how they're applying it to their lives. There's nothing more beautiful than to know what other people are thinking and what their processes are. We learn a vast deal from each other. So why not? We live, we learn best when we learn together and we learn from each other. We are not here to live an independent life where I get to figure everything out and I'm right and you're wrong. No, 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 no. It's not me as much as it is we. Because it's in the we together that each of us will discover the me. We need each other. We need to hear and know and learn together and grow together. In the Aramaic and other uh, of the ancient languages of the Eastern world and the Egyptian philosophy, we find what is called a mysticism. That is, living in a way that we're open to the mysteries of the universe. Why not? There are so many things we don't know. There are so many things we cannot know until we begin to explore and learn and listen. There are mysteries all around us. We don't have to be afraid of that. We step into them and say, wow, I wonder what that means. I wonder what that is, is all about. And it's by being curious and open to the mysteries of the universe that we begin to understand more and more. And yet, this is one of the reasons why mysticism scares the heck out of the Western mind so many times. The Western mind has been taught to, to know this and know that and do this and do that and you're right and they're wrong and blah, 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 on and on. What a scary place to live. And yet that's the scary world in which a lot of religious people live today. And that fear and that being afraid of the unknown results in one thing, to, to conserve as much as possible, to hold on to, to not open the door, but to close your box even tighter. So many people live in such a small box, you wonder how they even get into it. <laughs> and the truth is they never come out of it. Some don't. Those who open their box and say, wait a minute, my box is too small. My understanding of the divine is too small. My understanding of who I am is too small. My understanding of who you are is too small. So let's open the boxes and let's celebrate. Let's look at the mysteries and say, hmm, I wonder. And you've heard me say before, I wonder as I wander. I wonder about wondering what the truth is in deeper and deeper ways. What a beautiful way to live. We don't have to know anything for sure, except we're here and we're learning and growing and we're beautiful. That's all we need to know. We're alive and we need each other. Wow, how different that is from being closed off and isolated in a box or in a church or in some other religious form. And we fail to see the beauty of ourselves and the beauty of each other. 
But the Aramaic language expresses transpersonal psychology, a word, a phrase very important. The Aramaic expresses this in a very beautiful way. The Aramaic uses a kind of syntax and, and word structures to help us understand the bigger picture, the working relationship between the way our minds work, the working relationship between our perceptions, our mind structures, our reasoning, the judgments that we make, the ideas that we hold, the attitudes that we hold, the behaviors that, that uh, we express. The Aramaic language does not distinguish between the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual being. The Aramaic just says this is the way to truth. This is the way to understand. This is a way to include all. This is a way to see the whole picture. This is what is. We don't need to understand cause and effect. We just need to understand the truth about ourselves and each other. What else is there to know? We don't need the, any of the beliefs of religion. We just need to know the beauty and the intense compassion that's possible to come from the human spirit. Wow, what a difference. I don't have to be closed off in a world of competition. I don't have to be small in any way at all. I don't have to follow the, the group or the crowd because you know the more people that agree on something, the more true it is. No, that's just not true. You get to choose. I get to choose. That is the way that the life is. And... I found nothing more beautiful than the Aramaic language. It's helped me to understand these things, and I still have a lot to learn. Every day I know, whoops, more to learn, more to understand, and that's not a frustration. It's exciting. Wow, I've learned this, I've learned that, I see this, I understand that, and I need to know more about that, and more about that. I need to understand this idea or this person deeper in deeper ways. We can do this, my friends. The best way to know who you are is to know the world around you, to know other people. You can know not just who you are in terms of how your life is looking, but you can know who you are from the depths deep inside of who you are as the divine in human form. For you are not just a human being. Come here to live a life, to breathe, to work, to pay the bills, and to die. No, you're worth far more than that. You are eternal already. The religion that teaches that you must do, believe their dogma in order to have eternal life, no, the dead wrong. Yeshua said, when someone came to him and said, Master, how is it that I inherit eternal life? You know what he said? <laughs> this is so beautiful. He said, the best thing you can do is to love the divine, with every part of your being, because you're part of it. And then he said the second thing is equally important, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Wow. And how do we do that? Well, do we love our enemies too. We love everyone. For Yeshua said, when you do this, he said to this person who inquired, when you love in this way, when you live in this way, you in, are inheriting eternal life. The word inherit doesn't mean it's something you don't have. The word inherit means when you live this way, 
in a loving, compassionate way, you are learning to understand who you truly are. You are eternal. You didn't begin with this lifetime. And when this lifetime is over, that's not the end. Wow, there is so much for us to learn. So much for us to celebrate. So much for us to realize and dance together in the delights of learning and growing in loving and in compassion for all others. The Aramaic language doesn't, uh, it's not a language that is filled with sentimental kinds of thinking, but it appeal, excuse me, it appeals first and foremost to the one who's studying it, to their dignity, to their higher self. When a language appeals to the highest self, Instead of the lowest self, something beautiful happens for each one of us. For then we begin to understand, as the Aramaic calls it, the nafsha, or the shem. We'll be talking more about these in weeks to come. But the nafsha is the word, the one word in all of Aramaic that is impossible to define with the English language. It includes every part of the human being. Every part of you that you could list, from you know, body, soul, mind, spirit, thoughts, intentions, emotions, desires, plans, everything you could list, and more. The nafsha is the divine within you, the greatest possibilities that anyone could ever know. You're not just human. You are divine in human form. You're human only temporarily, a very short time that we call a lifetime. And the shem we find that the root of that root word in the phrase Malkuta Dashamaya, the kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is you, the Shem. You are the divine. Because you can't have a kingdom or a queendom without the presence of a king or a queen. And when Yeshua said the kingdom of heaven, and he really said the queendom of heaven, Malkuta is a feminine noun. When he said the queendom of heaven is within you, he meant exactly what he said. You are. You are this in human form. You are here. The presence of the divine is within you. And we need to learn how to find that. And I'll be having a lot more to say about that in weeks to come as well as in some of the past shows as you who have listened to that know. So, who are we? What does it mean? Where are we going? Wow. There is so much for us to understand, so much for us to know. And from some of the ancient texts, we know from the ancient, uh, the mystery schools of, of Egypt and the, the Galilean Nazorians who worked with sound and song in both in connection with all their ceremonies. Even Philo, one of the ancient writers, he was part of the mystery schools, and he wrote that they, the people who were practicing the, the Aramaic truths were those who sang until they became intoxicated by their songs. Can you imagine that? <laughs> singing and singing until we are carried away with the delights of song into a beautiful sense of communion and presence with one another. Wow, there is so much more than what we have learned, so much more than we've experienced. 
all those mystery school uh, people connected themselves to the heavenly forces. And in that way, they opened themselves to intuitive empathy. And intuition is the divine within. We'll talk more about that right after this break. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So we're talking about being carried away with music. Now, I know that's happened for you. How many of us have our favorite songs that just make us want to dance? Just spin around and and pick up our our spirits and just sing and dance and enter into the beauty of music. Music's very important. And I find it very interesting that the Aramaic lends itself to this. And I remember several years ago when I first began to study and become acquainted with the Aramaic. And I went to conferences down in central Ohio where my good friend, uh, Neil Douglas Klotz, who's one of the authors uh, that I quote a lot of times, and he was my mentor for my first intensive when I started my doctoral studies. And for every year, for about seven years in a row, went down there to enjoy a weekend of singing and dancing with the Aramaic uh, Sufis, the Sufi mystics. And it was so interesting. I kept wanting at times for him to say more, teach us more, share more of the Aramaic. And he did, but in most of the time, he would pick up his guitar, other people would join him, and around him would form two circles of 70, 80, 90 people or more. And those circles, one facing the other or sometimes in different formations, and we would sing. Sing the words of Aramaic. 
Allaha Allah, Elohim Elat, Allaha, the Aramaic word for the divine, which means all is one. And we would sing and sing and dance back and forth, round and round, until the whole room was filled with the energies of connection and peace and love and harmony. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. I hope to have Neil on a show later this winter. Uh, the connections are happening right now for that to happen. And let me, let me say also, next week, I have a guest on my show, Elizabeth Reed, who works directly with Neil, and she's from Central Ohio, and a delightful person who's going to share a great deal with us about the divine feminine, the key to inner peace and outer peace. But Elizabeth will talk about that too. How many times we sing and dance because the sound of the Aramaic is what opens our hearts. And so, as I was saying, the, the therapists and the uh, mystery schools of, of Egypt would sing. Sing until they became intoxicated by the song. Not by wine or, or herbs or whatever else, but just the sound and the singing is what took them to a very deep place of divine connection. There's nothing more beautiful, nothing more oh, blissful, nothing more deeply, deeply, oh, what's the word? It's so hard to find them. Uh, pleasurable and exciting and intensely delightful as to know and experience the divine energy as we sing and dance together. So this is what it's about learning to know ourselves. And when we know ourselves more deeply, when we understand who we are, and when we understand who others are, we will know far more beauty than we have yet known. The Aramaic has been called the note from heaven, and it is that indeed. But we have to remember that heaven is within. It's not some place up in the sky. That is a creation, a fabrication by human beings. No, what is heaven? It is a place. It's an energy. It's a place of being. It's who we are when we connect with our deepest self, when we connect with the divine within. And its function is to free our voice and to expand our consciousness. The Aramaic sense of, of who we are balances the body's energy system, and it prepares us for a conscious work in the world of being who we are. It prepares us for deeper meditation and healing inside, and it enables us to sing from the heart. It develops our intuition. And my friends, intuition is something that I Oh, I would encourage you with all the, the strength I could to, in, to find who you are in the voice deep inside you, that intuitive voice, because that voice of intuition is the divine within you speaking. It's a silent voice. And as you've heard me say before, we're so used to listening to silent voices, although some people say, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? Listening to a silent voice? Are you nuts? Wait a minute. The ego is also a silent voice. The ego speaks to us all the time. Tell that person off. Shut them down. Tell them, you know, 
give, give them a, a, a good rebuke here. Criticize them there, and on and on. The ego talks to us all the time, but we don't hear it. We just hear a silent voice, and we respond to it. The same it is with the divine voice within, our intuition. We can come to know that inner voice of connection with the divine. We can know the voice of love and compassion. We can know who we are. We can connect with each other. And there's sometimes we can just know certain things are true or they're going to happen or they are happening. My friends, I would encourage you to learn to listen to the divine within, to test that voice until it becomes clearer and clearer. The more we practice it, and we might sometimes, whoops, I missed that one. So we go back and listen again. And we learn to become more and more in tune with the divine within. So, how do we do all this? What are our choices? We have so much to learn. And it's beautiful. It's exciting to say that. This Aramaic language, the language of Yeshua, is a language that can only be spoken and understood with our heart. The real issue in knowing the Aramaic is that is this. The Aramaic can be understood only as we live it, only as we express it in our lives. This is the beauty of what Yeshua taught. He never came to die for anyone. He said he came to save people, but it, not in the sense of theological salvation. He came to save us in the sense of rescuing, not salvation, but to rescue us from unconsciousness. This is what he taught. The voice within, the divine within us is the key. And our desire to know that, to understand that, to transform our shadow self, and to learn to walk in a whole new way. So who are you? Who are you? Who are you becoming? We are all choosing each day. And as I think it was Emerson that said, don't go where the path might lead, but go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. <laughs> Never look back, someone said, to what might have been, but rather look forward to all the possibilities and to all that you are becoming and to the beauty that you are becoming right now and all that you will be in the future. Know this, the divine is within you. We cannot find out who we are. We cannot know who we are without knowing that we are part of the divine. And so the adventure is magnificent. The journey is bold. Life is totally absorbing. It's the adventure that we're on. Thank you for being with me today. I hope I've encouraged you to become more of your true self, your most beautiful self. We'll talk more about that in the future as well. So today, that's all the time we have. I'll be with you next week. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.